I am a park ranger at Yosemite National Park, and it is my privilege to patrol this stunning piece of nature, the rolling hills, the towering cliffs, the still waters, and the lush forests. All of it makes this place an outdoor enthusiast's paradise. The park is well known for its famous landmarks such as Half Dome and El Capitan, as well as its diverse wildlife, from the majestic deer to the busy squirrels. However, there's one thing in particular that I've been keeping an eye on for a while now. A rumored dark bigot. My name is Daryl, and I've been a park ranger at Yosemite for over ten years now. Today, I'm on patrol, and I'm determined to uncover the truth about this dark Bigfoot. Some say it's a monster that roams the park at night. Others claim it's just a myth. I've always been skeptical, but I've heard things. Strange sounds in the dead of night. Reports of missing hikers. Whispers of something big and dark lurking in the shadows. I can feel a mystery unfolding, and I'm not one to back down from a challenge. As I make my way deeper into the park, I come across a group of hikers who claim to have seen the dark Bigfoot. They're shaken and frightened, and I do my best to calm them down. I take their statement and promise to look into the matter. It's then that I realize that I'm not the only one trying to uncover the truth about this creature. I meet a young woman named Sarah, who's a wildlife photographer. She's here to capture the beauty of Yosemite, but she's also on a mission to find the dark Bigfoot. We team up and spend the next few days exploring the park together. As we search for answers, I find myself falling for Sarah. She's smart, brave, and beautiful, and I can't help but feel a strong connection to her. However, just when I think I've found love, my world comes crashing down. Sarah betrays me, revealing that she's not who she says she is. She's actually working for a group of poachers who are after the dark Bigfoot. They believe that the creature is worth a fortune, and they're willing to do anything to get their hands on it. I'm heartbroken and angry, and I vow to stop them at all costs. The night of the showdown arrives, and I find myself face to face with the dark Bigfoot. It's a monster, a beast unlike anything I've ever seen. The poachers are closing in, and I'm outnumbered, but I won't give up. I fight with everything I have, but I'm no match for the dark Bigfoot. In the end, I pay the ultimate price, but I'm at peace knowing that the creature is safe and that Yosemite will remain protected. As I take my last breath, I see Sarah standing over me, tears streaming down her face. She realizes too late the error of her ways, and she's filled with regret. The dark Bigfoot disappears into the night taking its secrets with it. But I hope that one day, someone will uncover the truth about this mysterious creature and continue to protect the beauty of Yosemite National Park. On the date listed above, my wife and I were out scouting deer near head of the river campground on Forest Service Road 4648. We exited our vehicle to stretch our legs about one mile down the dirt road when my wife noticed some unusual prints in the snow. She called me over to ask me what I thought they were. What do you think made these? she asked. I was immediately stunned about what I was looking at. Just what you were thinking made them, I replied. The trackies were about three, five days old and had melted out and froze several times. At that time, they measured about 17 wide by 24 long, 
and about three deep with a 42-stride center to center. There were about 15 tracks in the immediate vicinity traveling east, up a sloping embankment on the east side of the road. Upon further investigation, we found more tracks on the west side of the road, over 100 of them. The animal crossed two ranch fence lines, leaving no traces of its passage on the barbed wire. I can only assume the fences were stepped over. I took several scale photos and measurements of the impressions, still not fully absorbing the significance of the discovery. I performed an experiment using my own tracks in the snow over a four-day period and calculated the animal size by my height, weight, stride, and the depth size and area of my prints. If my calculations are correct, the animal that made the tracks my wife had found was in the neighborhood of 7 feet 6 tall as calculated by its stride and about 640 based on the depth and I have had close encounters with this obscure giant in the past, never having seen or had direct contact with it, but these tracks were tangible. They gave me a sincere appreciation for the sheer size and mass of this creature. I have also gained and increased a measure of respect for all things wild and unknown. Perhaps I'm finally growing up. I was driving from the coast to Portland, four miles past Camp 18 restaurant. In a gravel pull-off area, I noticed a large creature with long reddish-brown hair with a human-like figure. I was driving a tractor-trailer and my view of sight is around eight to nine feet. This creature was about 8.5 feet tall and very bulky. I was driving about 50 miles per hour, so I couldn't make out a face, just the long hair. I knew right away this couldn't have been any of the local bears in the area. This was too large to be a bear. I was thinking of going back, but I was too scared to go back. It probably left the area anyway. On this day, me and my two daughters were out cutting wood just off an old logging road in the Lone Pine area. I was preparing my saw to begin cutting, and my daughters were scouting the immediate awe for anything interesting. I looked up and noticed one of my daughters about 40 feet in the air resting on a large snag that was wedged in the fork of an adjacent tree. I said to her, be careful up there. She replied by saying, shh, be quiet. I hear something. We all became still and began to listen. I then heard a faint whoop, and then another. And another. Then the whoops overlapped. It was quiet for a few moments after that. And then we heard another whoop coming from a different direction, but still a good distance away. I motioned for my daughters to come to my position. When they arrived, we quietly speculated about what we were hearing. Me and my youngest daughter agreed that it was the same type of animal we heard only a month earlier in the same general location. My other daughter said it sounded like a flock of flying Canadian geese. I then pointed out to her that the sounds were coming from the same locations and not moving fast enough to be anything in flight. She reluctantly agreed, not knowing what it was. My wife and Yuga's daughter heard a very similar sound about two miles southwest of our position the previous month. This time... I was pretty sure we were listening to three creatures, two in the same general area and another further east of us. We all agreed they seemed to be calling each other in order to get closer and eventually meet. All of us felt happy and fortunate to be able to listen to these mysterious animals. 
On January 22, 2006, my husband and I went snowmobiling to some nearby woods up by where we live. Just after going for a couple of miles on this snow-covered road, I glanced over my left shoulder and spotted some fresh tracks in the snow. My husband was way ahead of me, out of calling distance, so it was just myself that had seen these. The tracks appeared to me to have toe impressions as well as a slight instep and were not very large. My guess would possibly be these tracks were made by a juvenile Sasquatch. The tracks were few, but they eventually did disappear over an embankment and down into a very wooded area. After I had seen these tracks, I caught up with my husband and told him about it, and he was kind of surprised, and I wanted us to go back so that I could show him, but we didn't as it was late in the afternoon, and there were still miles of snow-covered road that we had to get through. I was just getting into bed when I heard several heavy thud sounds outside, not next to the house, but close enough to hear in the silence of night. I went to the window, and it was too dark to see, but I also didn't hear anything more for a few minutes. Then I heard a hollering sound I cannot exactly describe. I have heard dogs and coyotes, and they don't sound like what I was hearing. It almost seems as though it was calling out and came in patterns of several calls at a time, each ending in an upwards tone like a question. My husband was sleeping, but I opened the window, which magnified the sounds, waking him up. He lifted his head, and we looked at each other in confusion. It lasted about 45 seconds, and since near the highway, several trucks passed, and the sound stopped. I ran out onto the front porch, turned off the lights, and stood there for a while, not hearing anything at all outside. I'm a wildland firefighter and was working the Clackamas Lake Fire. Not sure if too many saw it, but over the four days I was there, I seen it three times. Doing my job takes me into areas nobody or very few travel. It seemed to be looking over old crews as the forest was torching away. And somehow it seemed sad, almost weeping. It didn't seem to take notice to me. This is my second sighting in four years. The behavior of this one definitely was quite different. It seems they can hurt. While out scouting deer and elk, my wife and Yuga's daughter were traveling west on Lone Pine Road. We stopped at the Lone Pine Memorial sign to get out of the truck and stretch our legs when we heard three very loud whoops that came from about one-fourth mile east of our position. We had passed this position in the truck less than two minutes earlier. The sound was very deliberate, with emphasis at the end of the sound increasing in pitch frequency. We all looked at each other after the third call, and without saying a word, we all knew and agreed upon the source of the sound. The sound seemed to be a lonely call. Without consideration, I attempted to imitate the sound in reply. I was quickly scolded by both my wife and daughter, and directed to keep quiet and get back into the truck. I did as instructed, but continued to listen with the engine off for another several minutes. No other sounds were heard, and we left the area without further incident. A friend and myself were getting ready to climb Diamond Peak after hiking in the day before, and camping on the east side of Marie Lake. We were packing our day packers around nine, when I heard a thud, like a large rock was thrown at us. It was only one, and I could feel it when it hit the ground, so I know that it was big and close to our sight. 
Then I heard two other single large rocks hit the ground with, in one or two minutes apart from each other. My friend heard it that time, and I told him that I heard two other rocks prior. Just then, another two more hit somewhere in the bushes in front of our campsite. We proceeded on with our hike right after the event and had no other incidents after that morning. All that I know is what I experienced, and it seemed a bit weird. Our site was not near any cliffs where a rock slide would happen. Also, no other campers were in the area or on the lake. In addition, there were caves that we found in the area. Also, there was a large tree on the trail that was torn apart. It looked like an animal was searching for grubs. I was 17 years old. I'm 24 now. It was late summer, and my girlfriend's parents had gone out for the night and had asked me to stick around and look after her and her younger brother. I live five miles west of Elkmont All and one mile south of the Elk River. I was in the living room and had just got off the couch where me and her little brother were sitting to lock the front door. I went to the bathroom. I came back out and something jiggled the doorknob I had just locked 1.5 minutes before I went to the bathroom. My girlfriend was in the kitchen making cool. Aid. We shut the lights off and looked out the windows but did not see anything. I got us out of the house and ran to my parents' house to call the police. After the call was made, I stepped out of the house with a flashlight and my shotgun to investigate the situation. The moon was full, and I noticed an object standing in the field behind my house. At the time, the weeds in the pasture had grown up because our tractor was broke down. I'm six feet tall at the time, and the weeds were over my head. I shined my light toward what I had saw in the light of the moon and saw a creature that took the shape of a human but was much taller and much larger in size than a human. It was an off-white color and had very large and well-defined muscles. I dropped my light to draw aim on the creature and raised my light to find the creature gone. I told the police what I had seen and they told me that my mind was playing tricks on me. I was very angry and went down to where I had seen the beast after the cops had left. The weeds were all mashed down. I was surprised to find that this was not the last time I would see the creature. I have saw it at Hannah. Ward Bridge. And have saw it on Sulphur Creek. Each time, it did not seem to try to harm me, but just stopped what it was doing to watch me, as though it was just as curious of me as I was of it. I was out hunting with my dog and two friends in the deep woods when we got separated. I called out for them, but there was no answer. I was completely lost and alone in the dense forest. As I searched for my friends, I heard a strange noise behind me. I turned around, but there was nothing there. I continued walking, but the noise followed me. Suddenly, a large creature tackled me to the ground. It was a big foot with fur covering its entire body and glowing eyes that seemed to pierce through me. It snarled and growled, baring its teeth as it tried to attack me. I was terrified and struggled to get away, but the Bigfoot was too strong. Just as it was about to strike, I heard the sound of my friends calling out my name. The Bigfoot fled at the sound of their voices, and I managed to escape. I told my friends what had happened, but they didn't believe me. They thought I had just gotten lost and was hallucinating. But I knew what I had seen was real, and it would haunt me for the rest of my life. 
I live outside of Kenora, Ontario, Canada, in a rural area. My house is about 100 meters from a small stream that splits the small wooded lot in half. I was there one day and all of a sudden I felt cold and uncomfortable like I was being watched. I also became increasingly paranoid that somebody or something was out there with me. I decided to head in. The sun was setting and dusk would be upon me soon. I started walking towards my house. As I approached the edge of the woods, I turned around and briefly saw a large creature about 80 yards from me standing across the stream. It then proceeded to take a step toward me. I panicked. I ran out of those woods in about five seconds. It's the most I've ever been scared and the most adrenaline that I've ever felt run through me. In the brief period of time that I saw this thing, I could tell that it was pale white, tall, and humanoid. It's believed by First Nations people that a Wendigo will call you for help like a human in order to lure people toward it. I have heard what sounds like a little girl calling for help out in those woods. It's still terrifying to even think about this. About a year later, after a heavy snowfall, I again heard the calls of a girl coming from the woods. I looked out the window but didn't see anything. That night, the sounds continued off and on. I live alone, but there is a couple that lives about a kilometer from me. A few days later, I had the opportunity to talk to the couple. I asked them if they had heard the sounds. They both looked at me with wide eyes. They seemed so relieved that they were not imagining the sounds. The husband told me that he saw a tall, pale, white humanoid walking through the woods behind their house while he was chopping wood. I asked him what he thought it was. He said that he wasn't sure, but he remembered that his father would talk about Wendigos when he was a boy. I have not seen the humanoid again, and I'm not really sure what this thing is. When I was younger, I used to go to a place called Desolation Wilderness, near Camino, California. It was the perfect place for camping and fishing, realizing that it had been a few years since my last trip. I talked to a friend of mine to go camping and fishing. We managed to talk another friend into coming with us, and then we were off. We arrived around 1 p.m. and decided to hike upstream from a place called Wright's Lake, and then when we found a good spot, we would set up camp. After walking for a couple hours, a ranger found us hiking and told us that we actually weren't even technically in desolation wilderness yet, and that we needed to keep hiking for a bit longer. I started tearing down the camp, but I guess the other two guys were not as enthusiastic about the trip as I was. They left for Placerville to find a hotel room. When they left, I hiked up a bit farther, but I started to worry about the amount of time I had to find a place and set up my camp before dark. As I hiked, I tried to remember the ranger's instructions, but I ended up getting lost. Finally, I found a granite cliff with a stream that had a beautiful pool of water and was right on the tree line. I thought it was perfect, so I set up camp and started fishing. When the sun had set and the sky was dark, I decided to go to sleep. Cozy in my sleeping bag, I started to drift off, but then I heard something growl outside my tent. I grabbed the .45 compact handgun from its case and looked down through the screen on the front of the tent. From where I was standing, I could only see a dark figure that looked around four and a half feet tall standing near the trees. Thinking that it was a bear, I started yelling, hoping that I would scare it away. 
It didn't move. I then fired a shot at a dead tree nearby. That startled it and it ran back into the forest. But to my surprise, it didn't go very far. I climbed back into my tent. Then I heard crashing sounds. It was the sound of rocks falling off the cliff and hitting the pool below and the rocks around it. This was unnerving. I climbed out of my tent a few times, but I couldn't see anything, even though the moon was bright and the white granite rocks reflected its paleness. Crashing rocks hit every few minutes until around two in the morning. Then it stopped, but I heard something rustling just outside my tent. I yelled at it and tried to scare it off. But instead of scaring it, I heard a very deep growling sound in return. At this point, I didn't want to wait until it got too close. So I got out of my tent and looked around. Nothing. I decided to shoot the tree again to see if the creature would react, then run back into the forest again. Just like the first time. But it stopped again. As I listened to the sounds of his moving, I realized that it was running on two feet. This was not a bear. I didn't want to go back into my tent. I grabbed my sleeping bag and moved over to the middle of the big slab of white granite nearby. I felt safer and knew the forest was further away from me. But I could still hear the noises of rocks crashing. I prayed the sun would come up soon. At about 4.30 in the morning, I was awoken from my light sleep. I looked back at the trees but didn't see anything. So I looked back over at my tent. There it was standing at the side of my tent, I panicked and picked up my gun and shot the side of the creature, but it didn't flinch. Then, with giant steps, it walked toward me. I shot at it. I wasn't sure if a .45 would even stop such a beast. But it was my only hope. After the second shot rang out, it was off into the trees. Shaking like a leaf, I sat down clutching my gun. I waited for hours until the light started to appear in the sky. I broke camp and headed back down to Wright's Lake. That was the last time I saw the creature. That was also the last time I went to the desolation wilderness, and I will never go back. I was just an ordinary police officer, going about my daily duties when everything changed in an instant. I was responding to a call about a break, in at a local store when I was shot. I remember the pain and the confusion as I fell to the ground. I remember the sound of the sirens and the flashing lights as the ambulance rushed me to the hospital. I woke up in a hospital room, my body aching and my mind foggy. I tried to move, but the pain was too much. I was told that I was lucky to be alive and that I had a long road to recovery ahead of me. I was alone in the hospital room with nothing but my thoughts to keep me company. As the days passed, I started to feel better. The pain lessened and my mind cleared. But at night, when the lights were turned off and the hospital was quiet, I couldn't shake the feeling of unease. I felt like something was watching me, something that was not of this world. One night, I woke up to find that I was completely alone. The nurses had gone home for the night, and the hospital was silent. I tried to shake the feeling of fear, but it was like a weight on my chest. I couldn't breathe. I had to get out of that room. I slowly got out of bed, my body still weak from the injury. I made my way to the door and opened it, my heart pounding in my chest. The hallway was empty, but I could feel something there. I called out for the nurses, but there was no answer. I kept walking, my legs shaking beneath me. 
As I reached the end of the hallway, I saw her. She was a ghost, a young girl with long dark hair and a pale face. She looked like Samara from the Ring movie. She was standing there smirking at me. I froze, my heart pounding in my chest. I wanted to turn and run, but I couldn't move. She started to fly towards me, her screeches filling the air. I turned and ran back to my room, my legs barely able to carry me. I locked the door and fell to the ground, my body shaking with fear. I prayed for morning to come, for the nurses to come back and save me from this nightmare. But morning came and went, and the nurses found me still locked in my room, trembling and pale. They asked me what was wrong, but I couldn't explain it to them. They didn't believe me. They thought I was just delirious from the pain. From that night on, I couldn't shake the feeling of fear. I was haunted by that ghostly girl and her smirk. I knew that she was coming for me, and I couldn't escape her. I was trapped in that hospital room, alone with my fear. I knew that I would never be the same again. I was discharged from the hospital, but I could never go back to my normal life. I was broken both physically and mentally. I couldn't sleep at night, and I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. I knew that the ghost was still there, waiting for me. I knew that I would never be free from her. I was living a horror story, and there was no escape.